0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Thursday, June 4th. I am Kyle Hilliard. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. Kingdoms of Amalur is coming back. EA has released a number of its games on Steam. Cyberpunk's next reveal has been delayed. Destiny 2 teases what's next. And The Sims of Sims 4 are currently peeing fire. Kingdoms of Amalore is coming to Xbox One, and probably other current-gen platforms as well. Kingdoms of Amalore Reckoning is a well-liked action RPG that released in 2012, and it was supposed to represent the start of what was meant to be a larger franchise that never got its chance at sequels, despite making a strong first impression thanks to a pretty insane behind-the-scenes story. It seemed unlikely that it would ever get a sequel or a re-release, but this morning, a listing for a game called Kingdoms of Amalore Re-Reckoning appeared on the Xbox Store for Xbox One, complete with fancy new box art and an August 18th release date. There has not been an official announcement yet, just the surprise store listing. The original game boasted credits like Fantasy writer R.A. Salvatore, Spawn creator Todd McFarlane did the game's art, and Elder Scrolls for Oblivion's lead designer, Ken Rolston, also worked on the game. It was developed by 38 Studios, a development studio founded by former baseball player Kurt Schilling. The studio fell apart after failing to pay back loans it had received from the state of Rhode Island, which led to legal investigations by the state, and the studio's eventual bankruptcy. In 2018, among THQ Nordic's rush to acquire basically all of the recently collapsed THQ's previous IP, it was able to acquire Kingdoms of Amalur, but the publishing rights still belong to EA because, you know, video games are complicated. Eurogamer's Robert Perchies reported on the story at that time and wrote... THQ Nordic didn't say what it was going to do with the IP, but did mention wanting to get in touch with EA, the original publisher of Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, and now I know why. EA still has the publishing rights to Reckoning, THQ Nordic told me in an email. I expect it means any potential remasters or re-releases will depend on getting EA's go-ahead first. About any other details about the relationship between EA and 38 Studios, we can't comment. THQ Nordic added... At this stage, we only acquired the intellectual property. Given our track record, we know what the burning questions, remaster, remake, port to current gen systems, etc. are, but we decided to not answer those specifically as we tend to put our heads together first and then do our homework and only start to talk about anything once we feel confident and very familiar with the franchise. I guess those discussions between THQ Nordic and EA took about two years. But it looks like EA has given the go-ahead for the game, which is a good thing. Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning is one of those games that didn't really get its full shot. I played the first few hours or so when it released, and I liked what I played. The action was fast and versatile. It's one I would love to see on Switch, which I know I say that for every video game I ever talk about, but, you know, it's true. Right now, it's only confirmed for Xbox One because of the listing, but I think it's safe to assume it is coming to PlayStation 4 and PC as well, and then I have my fingers crossed for Switch. I reached out to THQ Nordic to see if I could learn anything else, and they offered a statement that reads, Yes, it's true and accurate. The news was not supposed to go out yet, which can be summarized as an oopsie-daisy on our end. We hope people are still looking forward to playing Kingdoms of Amalur re-Reckoning in summer. By the way, here's my ranking of THQ Nordic's weird remaster naming conventions. Number one is Red Faction Guerrilla Remastered. Gotta give it up for that absurd name. Number two goes to Darksiders 2 Definitive Edition. It's not out yet, but Kingdoms of Amalur Re Reckoning takes third. Number four is SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated. You know, that's clever. It's also not quite out yet. Darksiders War Mastered Edition is number five because it's not much of a pun. And then number six is obviously The Raven Remastered because it really feels like they didn't even try with that one. EA has released a bunch of its library on Steam and put much of it on sale. EA games are not completely absent from Steam, but many of them are because EA has its own PC game distribution service with Origin. But it looks like things might be shifting, as EA released a number of its games on Steam that were previously not on the platform, and many with pretty steep discounts. At Wario64 on Twitter shared the surprise news, pointing out that games like Burnout Paradise Remastered, Unravel, and Unravel 2, Sea of Solitude, and Plants vs. Zombies Battle for Neighborville among others, were now on Steam, and he shared a screenshot of an ad that said EA Access is coming to Steam. EA Access is EA's subscription service that is currently available on Xbox and PlayStation platforms that gives players early access to games and other various bonuses. Personal friend and friend of the show, Mike Futter, at Futterish on Twitter, shared Wario64's tweet and wrote, This is a pretty major shift. EA was the first to move from Steam to its own platform. While I suspect Origin will continue, just as Uplay does, the math on audience access must have changed. Pessimistically, this might mean EA is not abandoning Origin, but maybe throwing in the towel a little. Origin was meant to compete with Steam, and EA did put weight behind it when it first launched, but it mostly frustrated people who loved Steam. And now, when it comes to Steam competition, Epic Games Store is really giving it a run for its money. So it's become a Steam versus Epic Games Store competition. And Origin is, is kind of off in the corner, waving its hands, saying, But we have Mass Effect 3! At the end of the day, EA just wants to sell its games. So it's probably just more financially viable for them to get on board with Steam more. Plus, it's good for the consumer to have EA's games be made available in more places. CD Projekt Red delays its upcoming Cyberpunk 2077 reveal. Video game events are shuffling around the board a lot lately. They were already shifting thanks to COVID-19 issues, but the protests around the United States and the rest of the world are leading to more reschedulings. Sony pushed back its PlayStation 5 event to a currently unknown date, and CD Projekt Red is pushing back its planned Cyberpunk 2077 reveal date. A recent tweet from the official Cyberpunk 2077 Twitter account read, We decided to move Night City Wire to June 25th. We still look forward to sharing new information about Cyberpunk 2077, but more important discussions are happening right now, and we want them to be heard. We wholeheartedly stand against racism, intolerance, and violence. Black Lives Matter. Much like the PlayStation 5 event, this feels like the right call. I do look forward to learning more later this month, though. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B Y T E.com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive. And start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax. The way car buying should be. Destiny 2 teases what's next with a very, very short video. The official Destiny Twitter account tweeted yesterday, coordinates received. The future of Destiny 2 arrives alongside a 15-second video that shows a character in a ship leaving a space dock and holding what appears to be a flaming card in their hand. It's a real gambit from X-Men's situation. It's teasing some kind of reveal for the morning of June 9th. Game Informer's Matt Miller, who I really genuinely consider to be a Destiny expert covered the tease and wrote, Bungie has been very quiet about the newest season of Destiny 2, scheduled to begin next week. Previous seasons have had clear names discussed weeks or months in advance, but this summer's season has consistently been titled Season of the Redacted. In addition, the developers have been gradually teasing a number of separate story threads for some time, including the impending arrival of the pyramid ships hinted at in earlier installments of the game. The Drifters' complicated allegiances, and the current threat of a giant cabal ship hurtling toward humanity's last city. While we don't know yet if all those and other threads are finally coming to a head, we do know that Bungie plans to hold back announcements until the very day of the new season. Destiny has always felt like a game I should like. I like weird, mystical sci fi. I loved Halo when it was Bungie's franchise. I still like Halo, but there is no denying it has a different feel today. I actually visited Bungie with a number of other game journalists for Game Informer when the studio officially announced Destiny. I sat in Bungie's big theater where they showed off the game for the first time and explained their new engine. It was actually my first trip to visit a studio for Game Informer, and it was super exciting. But then I got into the beta, and I played it, and I kind of came to the realization that I was basically playing an MMO which is not what I wanted from a bungee shooter. I remember liking the art, and I liked fighting the standard enemies, but then a group of Guardians and I came across a big quadruped tank, and it just took forever to destroy it. It felt like we were tossing ammo at a bullet sponge for hours, and I just I didn't like it. I played the final release and was similarly turned off, and then I tried again with Taken King, and it didn't really grab me then either, And then I tried a third time with Destiny 2, and again, I just didn't like what I was playing. It's just a game that I don't know will ever be for me. But you know what? If they make a Destiny 3, which I don't really think is going to happen, I think they will just turn Destiny 2 into a platform and just update it forever. But if they made a Destiny 3, then I would totally try again. I don't know what it would take to turn me into a super fan, but I don't know. Maybe it will happen someday. The latest Sims 4 update is making Sims pee fire. I think I've talked before about how much I love patch notes and how strange the fixes sound out of context from the game, and this is a great example of that strange phenomenon as it happens in games. Jordan Olaman reported on the news for IGN, writing, A recent update to The Sims 4 has seemingly introduced a bug to the game that is causing some Sims to pee fire. Why is my Sims P literally in flames? Is it because he is tense? writes user Jojo Wigsnatch on the Sims 4 subreddit. And they're not the only one. The place is flooded with reports of flammable urine, as noticed by Rock Paper Shotgun. Many are claiming that it has something to do with the tense emotional state Sims can experience, but until EA makes a statement, we can't be sure where this glitch has come from. For now, please enjoy this absurd situation while you can. Aside from the blazing Wii, this update is causing other more serious problems like crashes and lost saves. This is such a strange, specific problem that also happens to be hilarious. They always say sometimes a bug can actually be a feature, and I think this is undeniably what is happening here. Not many new releases today, but Pro Cycling Manager 2020 is out on PC by way of Steam. It's a game where you are the manager of a cycling team. You make decisions about financing the team, recruiting new cyclers and training. And apparently this year for the first time, you will be able to look after cyclers and track their morale. I'm also seeing reports that Tour de France 2020, which actually comes from the same developer and lets you play as the actual cyclist, is also out today. But I can't find it on the various online stores. So I'm not sure that one released today, but it might be one of those situations where the store listing just doesn't actually go online until later in the day. Slay the Spire is coming to mobile devices soon, which is a good thing. It's a game that is beloved and would also really work well on a mobile platform. On the game's community page on Steam, developer Megacrit Games wrote, We've got some great news to share. We're happy to announce that Slay the Spire will be in your pockets this month on iOS. When specifically? We'll have that news very soon, but as a hint, you should try to tune in to the Guerrilla Collective show on June 6th. What about Android? The Android version is still in the works, but we're not quite ready to talk about release yet. As we know a large part of our community are excited to play Slay the Spire on mobile, we took the decision to launch the iOS version first. The game will be $10 when it launches, which might feel high for a mobile game, but it's it's really a great game. I mean, it's not my kind of game. It's a roguelike card game. But those who love the game really love the game. I've heard nothing but positive things about Slay the Spire. That's it for gaming news today. At MechaReka on Twitter sent me a DM pointing me to a story from videogameschronicle.com that is a bit of a follow-up to my story yesterday about Nintendo offering a statement with support to the Black Lives Matter movement. Andy Robinson wrote for VideoGamesChronicle.com, according to a now deleted tweet by a Nintendo employee behind the scenes, the organization has been double matching donations from employees to related causes, which aligns up with its corporate policy for charitable donations. So that's just a nice little bit of additional bonus information. Thanks for passing that along, MechaReka. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. And please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. You can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator, where I am playing through Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. I, I think I, I might only have one episode of that left. I'm almost done. And you can find me on The Minmax Show for more long-form video game discussion. Minmax actually has a GoFundMe going right now to raise money to help rebuild Minneapolis. Proceeds are going toward the West Broadway Business and Area Coalition, which is partnering with Northside Funders Group to support local businesses in North Minneapolis. I will have a link in the show notes if you want to take a look at that, and I hope you will consider lending it some support. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow.